0: No one's better than me. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. Blow up. Yeah. Welcome to the Monday, August 17th edition of Locked on Dolphins and Folks. Listen. Listen to me. The pads are on today. This isn't guys running around in helmets and shorts and a t-shirt. No. Training camp's been open, but the pads are on today. And for that, we can be thankful. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, director of scouting at the DraftNetwork.com. And boy, oh boy, Uh, it's it's finally starting to feel like football season is around the corner. Uh, Of course, in these uncertain times, uh, everybody's a little apprehensive. But I would also point to this. If you are apprehensive about the football season, we had a big breakthrough at the end of last week as it pertains to a new type and mode of testing that is exponentially cheaper. And nevertheless, we have continued to see Major League Baseball continue to play to the point now where it's kind of second, it's a a second thought. You know, there there have been flare-ups with the COVID pandemic in St. Louis with the Cardinals and Miami with the Marlins. Uh, Those flare-ups resulted as players, individuals with the organization, breaking protocol. And those lessons seem to have been learned by the rest of Major League Baseball's teams. Uh, You turn on the television and you don't really think twice about the fact that there's television that's live sports. And the NFL has more resources and more money to lose than anybody else. And the players have made the decision of we want to play, or I'm going to opt out. I don't feel comfortable playing. And now the pads are on. And this thing, it's going to get off the ground here. You know, this is We are moving in this direction. The teams have made the necessary changes and policies and procedures and sacrifices to install an infrastructure that as long as you follow it, it should work. And with a testing breakthrough, we could continue to see daily testing at the NFL level, throughout the course of the season because you can conduct a dozen tests for the price of what what one test would cost beforehand. So daily testing isn't necessarily set to be something that takes place uh, every day throughout the course of the entire season, but with this testing breakthrough, we may see this become adopted as part of the daily procedures and standards that are put in place this year. But not everybody's going to strap on the pads today. The Dolphins did cut a couple players over the weekend. They made their most recent announcement on Sunday afternoon. The Dolphins announced yesterday afternoon that they had waived offensive tackle Nick Kaltmeyer, a UDFA out of Kansas State, and safety Adrian Colbert, a player from the 2019 roster, who played a significant amount of snaps and started five games for the Miami Dolphins. Colbert's status with the team was initially reported at the end of last week to be in peril, and indeed, after the additions of players like Clayton Fejdalum and Brandon Jones in the NFL Draft and Kayvon Frazier, the Dolphins had seen enough, based off the 2019 tape, to know that Adrian Colbert was not going to be a part of their long-term plans. But the Dolphins do have plenty of exploring to do as it pertains to their plans for the 2020 season. You look at the roster and plenty of the storylines to watch unfold and the positional battles that need to take place, and there are several key ones that take place on both sides of the football. The defense is generally considered to be more stable and more set than the offensive side of the ball because the Dolphins elected to bring in more established talents on the defensive side of the ball to ensure that Brian Flores is team identity can be solidified with veteran players who have experience at the pro level and can help this team lean on their defense as they need to, which is something that the Dolphins did not have the luxury of doing too often last year because they were playing with a hand tied behind their back with bad personnel. But linebacker Raquan McMillan is still an interesting player to monitor. He is rumored to be in a starting battle with Camus Gruger-Hill, the linebacker who signed from the Philadelphia Eagles. In addition, defensively, the Dolphins need to figure out what exactly their third down pass rush group is going to look like. The Dolphins brought in a slew of players with different strengths and weaknesses, whether that's Emmanuel Lagbot and Shaq Lawson, who are 270-plus pound defensive ends, or Kyle Van Noy, along with rookie picks Jason Strobridge and Curtis Weaver. Where does Vince Beagle fit into this mix for the Dolphins? These are the kinds of questions that now that the pads are on, Miami is going to have to start exploring and find where they are comfortable playing certain players. Brian Flores has talked at length in the past about trying to be multiple on defense, and they have gone after versatile players that could feasibly fit multiple roles within the defense. But finding exactly how the pieces of this puzzle fit together and doing so in short order, because the start of the season is less than a month away and no preseason games at their disposal, that is the challenge for Brian Flores and his defense. The offensive side of the football is a different story completely. We need to figure out who's starting at both offensive tackle spots, who's starting at right guard, We need to figure out who's starting at wide receiver three with the absence of Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson. We need to understand who's going to be starting behind center at the quarterback position. All of that uncertainty probably leans towards Ryan Fitzpatrick commandeering this starting quarterback job early on. But special players elevate the play of those around them. And if Tua Tungavailoa turns out to be everything that he's been advertised to be, The Dolphins are going to be primed to make this decision and introduce the number five overall pick as the team's starting quarterback. The Dolphins are currently scheduled to start the year on September 13th against the New England Patriots in Foxborough. So they're running short on time. But answers are closer than ever because today the pads are on, and now we get to hit. Over the course of the weekend, one of the things that I had the opportunity to do was to really dig into a couple of contract situations in the Dolphins' salary cap, and uh, the Dolphins are, pretty, are in a pretty enviable spot versus the rest of the league because they've got top 10 cap space and they've got top 15 cap space for next year. So when the rollover takes place, Miami's going to have somewhere, if things don't change, between $25 and $30 million and 30000000 dollars in salary cap space, at their disposal. And that's before any you know trimming of the fat of the roster. Kenny Clark, the nose tackle from the Green Bay Packers, got himself a big, fat, four-year, $70 million contract extension over the weekend. So I wanted to kind of look at Devon Godchow specifically and try and Get a thumb on on where he might land on this spectrum because as much as Devon would probably love to get <laughs> uh to get himself a, a contract that looks anything like Kenny Clark's, he's not in that stratosphere as a player. But there is somebody on the Green Bay Packers who I think you could draw reasonable parallels to, which could foretell kind of the strike zone for Devon. And that is his line mate Dean Lowry. Uh, The Packers gave Dean Lowry a three-year extension worth $20.3 million in 2019. Uh, At the time, Lowry had played three seasons, and now he's entering his fourth, much like Devon Godshout is currently doing. And uh, Dean Lowry played in 47 games, 19 starts, 1,300 snaps, and logged seven sacks, and 13 tackles for loss. Gotchow has played in 47 games, logged 37 starts, so twice as many starts. He's played in about 600 more snaps over his first three seasons than what Dean Lowry did, but he has not made quite as many splash plays. He only has three career sacks and 10 tackles for loss to this point in time. So there's kind of this, Lowry has the advantage in splash plays, Godshell has the advantage in volume of plays, and he's logged throughout this point in his career. Uh, that three-year, $20.3 million deal checks in just south of a $7 million annual average salary on the new contract. Probably sounds about right for Devon. And if the Dolphins you know, because they are entering into a window where they do have a lot of salary cap flexibility. Uh, they are entering into a year in which the cap has been rescinded. Maybe they elect to give Devon uh, a significant amount of that guaranteed money as a signing bonus that gets prorated over three years. The good thing about signing a three-year deal like that is it's a shorter-term deal. Where you get in trouble is the Dominican Sue deals where it's like five, six years, and you give a monster signing bonus to pay it to him up front. And then you've got to prorate monster money of course, across, across the, uh, a stretch of f- five, six seasons. That's where it gets messy. Uh, but this isn't a break-the-bank type of contract anyway, so Miami shouldn't be too stressed uh, no matter what the financial specifics of this deal are. But I wouldn't be surprised if with three sacks and 10 career tackles for loss that barring a big step forward from Devon this year in penetration plays and kind of creating negative plays and being more of a persistent threat on third down, if Miami's offer comes in underneath what the Packers offered Devon Gottschall, and Gottschall will probably ask for more. So if you come in the middle – Six and a quarter, six and a half per year for God chow, and that's reasonable money. Money the Dolphins should be more than willing to spend if they feel as though he, and let's make no mistake about it, he is a class act in the locker room and in the community, and he's a blue-collar player, and he's a selfless player. He's everything Brian Flores and the Dolphins say they want in players. He just doesn't make impact plays. But... If they're going to commit to tacking on years to Devon Godschild's tenure in Miami, look for somewhere between 6'6 and a half mil, kind of based on reading the tea leaves here of the dynamics of similar players. Unfortunately, not Kenny Clark. The other player I explored is a player that's not on the Dolphins, but it's a player that was tied to the Dolphins pretty closely, at the early portions of this winter and uh, ahead of the opening of free agency. And that is former Patriots and Titans defensive back Logan Ryan. Why are we talking about this? You might ask Kyle, you've told us time and time again that the dolphins uh, from a financials perspective are unlikely to explore adding any prominent players to the roster because you run the risk of endangering your future cap flexibility to bring in a guy in a year in 2020, which you're probably not going to be competing for. Yes. These are, that's a very fair question, but I wanted to look at it and try and figure out financially speaking, how the dolphins could do it. If they wanted to, if the dolphins decided, because Logan Ryan has been exchanging via his agent information Pitching to teams that he is, in fact, not a corner, but a safety, which is interesting because you think about what the Dolphins have at safety now in Bobby McCain, very similar usage as players, but Logan is a much better tackler uh, than Bobby. Bobby missed close to 30% of his tackle attempts last year and missed 15 the year before that in 2018. Uh... Having a bad tackling safety on the back end is playing with fire. And Brian Flores does not strike me as the kind of coach with his defensive background and what he's been around in New England who's going to tolerate bad tackling and missed tackles and not executing in opportunities to get the opposing team on the ground and not give up extra plays because you couldn't finish a head-up tackle with them.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: So, former nickel, transitioning to safety, started to ask myself the question, especially because Bobby, like, beyond this year, Bobby's cap hits are accelerating to the rate in which he's getting seven plus million against the cap over each of the next two seasons after this one. So, financially speaking, there is some room for improvement for that level of pay, especially Logan Ryan's asking for somewhere around 10 mil plus. So, I kind of explored you know, you want to give. Logan Ryan, his desired $10 million plus pay per season, one way the Dolphins could do it and not financially risk their future is if they, conveniently enough, structured Logan Ryan's deal in a way in which it's structured as how Mike Tannenbaum has structured a lot of contracts when he was here in Miami. Use the signing bonus, not the roster bonus. Because you could pay Logan Ryan a $1 million base salary in 2020, and you could give him a 10 year signing bonus. So Logan Ryan in 2020 is going to get paid $11 million. What's his cap hit? If it's a three year contract with a $10 million signing bonus, what's his cap hit? It's $4.3 million. That's, not, that's a much easier pill to swallow than giving him the 10 he's looking for in just salary and surrendering that money and then knowing full well that you don't get to carry that over to next year as well. So if you were to choose to part ways with Bobby McCain after this season and you structured Logan Ryan in a way which you're giving him a signing bonus that you could prorate over the course of several years, a three-year contract and Logan's 29 versus Bobby's 27. So you're not getting too much older. You're getting a better player for the same position. You're getting a better tackler. You're getting a more productive player. You're getting a player who doesn't have the durability concerns that Bobby does. And the annual average salary is going to work out to be an extra $3 million. And if you put the signing bonus as the primary source of income in 2020 you can prorate it, roll it through, and then you can trim fat elsewhere, and you can almost break even with what you lose in carryover. You actually would break even with what you lose in carryover cap for giving Logan the signing bonus this year with parting ways with Bobby next year with what you save in his base salary. You'll still have some dead cap there, but the difference versus what Bobby would get paid versus what you're on the hook for with dead cap for Bobby covers what you would lose in rollover cap. So then you're just losing out on whatever else you are paying Logan. And that becomes the challenge. And how does Miami navigate and find extra wiggle room and and trim fat? Or maybe they're comfortable with adding him as a player for potentially the 2020 through 2022 seasons over a three-year window. Uh, But I did think it was interesting that when you really put this thing under the microscope and understand that Bobby McCain's contract versus what the return on investment has been thus far in the Brian Flores era, and seeing the writing on the wall that the Dolphins are bringing in other nickel corners, so it's not like we're going to move Bobby back to nickel, unless we lose Avian Howard and Igbo plays outside, but like, Bobby's getting a pretty substantial amount of money, and he's more question than he is answer at this point, which... It's just something to be aware of. I don't think the team is going to go this route with Logan Ryan, but I think Logan Ryan could stand to be an upgrade. The challenge for Miami is you have to navigate getting rid of his payroll, or you have to keep Bobby and Logan, and then who are you cutting off otherwise? Are you going to get rid of Kayvon Fraser now, too, and you're going to pay Bobby point five against the cap this year to be a special teams guy. Like it's just not really an appealing proposition. So there's dominoes that would have to happen and they would have to happen fairly quickly. The dolphins would have to sign Logan. They would have to feel comfortable that they could secure a potential trade partner for Bobby now or wait. And then next off season, they could part ways with him. Uh, to try and save some of the cap that they would be tacking on or or losing from the rollover figure. Possible? Yes. Likely? No. The Dolphins would have to either really love Logan Ryan, in which case they would have already made this happen most likely, or they would have to be really discouraged with the way Bobby McCain plays in training camp and, and the beginning portions of the season. So... Wanted to make sure we took the deep dive because I've been asked a lot about, you know, Logan, Ryan, and Davion Clowning and adding these guys and does it make sense? and Financially, you could do it. And you could do it without crippling your cap. It's not as simple as, oh, Logan wants 10 a year. We're going to bring him to Miami. We're going to pay him a $10 million base salary. And then we're going to lose $10 million off the cap this year that we can't roll over in the next year. So it hurts us in two years. It's not that black and white. And you can manipulate it. So when people say the salary cap is a myth, first of all, that's nonsense. You gotta pay sometime. It's just how well can you defer and navigate and, and avoid the hurdles. And for um, for the Dolphins, it's probably the ship has probably sailed on that happening. But at the very least, we can acknowledge it and say yes, financially this is feasible to do without crippling yourself for 2021. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, tomorrow. Power to the pod. I'm hoping you guys bring some training camp questions. We're going to get reports, things that happened during practice today. I'm greatly looking forward to it. Uh, The Dolphins are one of the teams that is enforcing the uh, dark camp period in which you're not allowed to tweet during practice. And break down or, or share things that are happening. So we're going to get like kind of a wave after a wave of kind of reactions from people on site for what practice was like today, for what they were able to see this afternoon. So make sure you keep your eyes peeled, get those questions in. I'm going to wait a little later to put the question out and then we will tackle whatever issues arise, whatever questions you have, whether they are or are not related to training camp. But I'm just warning you, we're going to get a whole lot of nuggets this afternoon. Kyle Krabs signing off. Thanks as always for listening to the Locked on Dolphins podcast. And I hope you keep it locked in right here the rest of the week.